4: Our topic today is bullying of people living with mental health challenges. Bullying is the bad actions of bullies towards other people. The actions include overbearing insolence, which means insulting people, intimidation, which means frightening people, and petty tyranny, which means oppressing people. The actions may be intended by the bully to drive, force, or frighten persons into doing something that the bully wants them to do, even though this may be harmful to them, the persons who are being bullied. Now, an example of this is um, something that's happening in Canada and the US, and that is you get a voicemail seemingly from the IRS or CRA claiming to be from one or other of those agencies, threatening you if you don't get back to them because they're about to send you to prison or something about your, um, your tax return. Um, that's bullying. Now, the actions effects that I've just described are especially troublesome for people living with mental health challenges. But interestingly, bullying itself may be the result of a mental health challenge that the bully lives with. This is called Narcissistic Personality Disorder, which describes individuals who overestimate their own abilities, inflate their own accomplishments, act boastfully and devalue the achievements of others, and Narcissistic Personality Disorder may lead to bullying. All of which is why our topic, bullying of people with mental health challenges, is so important for the mental health community. Now, to discuss it, my guest is Craig Lewis. Craig is a certified peer specialist living in Massachusetts. He has strolled immensely throughout his life. He has, however, successfully transferred this life into a life of wellness, he tours internationally, speaking about his lived experience and offering workshops, sharing his knowledge with others in hopes of having an empowering impact on his community. Having the privilege of honour and honour of being able to help others, he says, help others live more satisfying lives, provides him with a degree of meaning and purpose that he never believed possible. He's authored and published. The Coping Skills Guide, Better Days, a Mental Health Recovery Workbook. He based the Better Days Workbook on his personal life and recovery. The Better Days Workbook will soon be available in French, German, and Spanish. So, Craig, welcome to the show.
5: Thank you so much, Gordon, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here speaking with you again.
4: Great. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your life, your challenges, and your career as an author. Craig? Wow. Uh,
5: It's been a while since we've spoken. A lot has gone on. Life is an interesting journey that we can't possibly predict, and I could not have predicted the life that I've been living the past year. As a young person, I spent many years institutionalized in psychiatric hospitals and group homes, Following that, many years living in poverty and and dangerous and violent situations, using drugs and getting arrested and living in squalor and really being very, very sick, made very sick by the medications I was taking and the the ongoing trauma and debilitation that I experienced as a result of that. Life got to a really uh, brutal point in the mid-2000s where I really hit rock bottom and I had to decide if I was going to, you know, stay on this planet as a living person or, or give up. And I chose to try to make things better. And in that moment, that was the beginning of how I got to where I'm at today. I went to school. I got trained. I became a certified peer specialist, which is, uh, means I used my lived experience to help others transcend their struggles with respect and empathy and uh, support. And uh, you know, here I am, uh, 2016, uh, finally off of all medication, It's been a wild, dreadful, exciting ride since going off medication. Uh, I now know factually that the medication was never needed. In fact, I can prove in documentation going back to my childhood that indeed, uh, in fact, I should say, it was known as a child that I never had any sort of thought disorder or mental health issues. And yet I was institutionalized and diagnosed with schizophrenia and then bipolar disorder and medicated for 30 years with 40 different drugs. So now that I am off the medications, which was recommended by the psych- my most recent psychiatrist and supported by another psychiatrist and a primary care physician, life has become very interesting because my brain has not been functioning properly, and uh, it's been a very challenging year. A lot of very difficult things have happened, uh, and uh, it's a battle. I'll, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, beat around the bush. It's been a very hard experience. Through which we're all has been very difficult, and every part of my life has been impacted. To be honest with you, and here we are. Uh, Just doing all I can to move forward. I'm finally starting to feel better. I'm basically in poverty. Uh, Part of the withdrawal process was uh, introducing a lot of confusion and poor decision-making into my brain. And I've got myself in a big mess right now. So that's kind of where I'm at. However, I'm fighting on. I'm battling on. I'm getting healthier. I have an amazing woman in my life, and I I intend to keep her in my life. And uh, better days is happening. Uh, the book's being translated. It's about to be published in French and German, then Spanish, uh, Finnish is next, in Italian, and uh, I'm about to fly to uh, Oregon uh, for uh, uh, several uh, workshops and consultations and conferences. And you know, after that, um, San Francisco, probably Quebec, uh, going to Germany, uh, Switzerland, and uh, later in the year, Czech Republic, and that's what we're doing. The right. life is. What we're Craig, living, so
4: I'm just going to interrupt you only for the sake of time because I have two more questions I want to ask you, and one of, of them course. is your book. Tell us more about your book, Better Days, a mental health recovery workbook. Yeah. What what's it doing, Craig? Better Days
5: is a coping skills guide. I wrote it based on my own life uh, of learning how to cope with the struggles that I faced and the uh, the difficult you know experiences that each person will face in their day to day life, and uh, not, we don't always learn how to cope with these things. And, you know, today's topics is about bullying. You know, we grow up in school. We don't really learn, you know, how to handle things. Can you imagine if we were able to be taught effective, useful ways to cope with the struggles we face to get on with our day? Well, that's what Better Days does. It teaches people based on their own, their own knowledge of themselves, what they know works for them, what they know doesn't work for them figuring out what they can do, what they want to do to make their lives better. And when they do that, it will result in success. Now, interestingly, I wrote this book, Better Days, and it is a workbook. So it has questions in it and people can write in it uh, and use it. It's being used all over the world. But I wrote it when I was on all these medications. So I had to really learn how to like break through that cloud of, I call them poisons, to be honest with you, that cloud of poisons that I was, my brain was corrupted by to, to, to learn how to cope. And what's happened is now that I've gone off the medication, the book, while it's completely legitimate, I've had to start to relearn things that I knew like the back of my hand. And it's been a very, very, very painful experience of losing some some basic common understandings of of how to do things that are successful, even as I'm the guy who wrote this book. And you know, people hire me and interview me and all this to to train people and pay me to teach them what I came up with, when in my own personal like kind of chaos in my brain as a result of the, the withdrawal process, I've actually kind of gotten off track. So I have to admit, although the book is legitimate and people benefited from all over the world, and I know it's real, and I'm getting back to using these skills, I've also fallen off because of these, these issues that I faced, and uh, I, need to use, I need to use the book myself, to be honest with you, and that's what I need to do, and uh, that's what's going to benefit me the best.
4: Okay. Now, Craig, different question. Please tell us about any personal experience you've had of being bullied, Craig. I'll tell you. Uh, three weeks ago, I went to uh,
5: finally to get my uh, – try to get a neuro, neurolog, um how do I say the word? A neurological referral for my uh, – the stuff that's happening in my head, like this confusion, this kind of difficulty I've been having, and I went to the, the doctors, and I told them what was happening – and uh, they uh, they sectioned me, Gordon, and they said that I was a very sick person because I was struggling with the withdrawal effects of uh, going off the medication. And I had a very dreadful, frightening experience, and I was absolutely mistreated the whole experience. I'm not going to get into it here because we're talking about different things, but that was the most horrific bullying that I've ever experienced. And it was at the hands of uh, mental health and medical professionals who did not respect me, who did not value me, and even believed that I said I was who, who I didn't believe when I told them who I was and what I did in my work and my book. In fact, I told them to Google me. I said, look up, go to an the show. And they did not believe me that I was actually a person who did these kind of, this kind of work and I was actually very much, uh, very brutally treated for a period of time that I'd rather not share, but that was the most recent and the most brutal bullying that I've ever experienced. And to tell somebody that they are not who they really are and to devalue them as a the human being is really what bullying is. To say you're less than, you're not worthy, you don't matter, you're not worth being treated with respect, that right there will decimate somebody. It decimated me. And uh, anybody who's treated like that will absolutely uh, live a life of suffering until they're able to work through it and find their inner strength and uh, and be able to withstand it and move on and not let it bother them anymore. And that's really where I'm at right now is trying to strengthen myself and not be affected by uh, the really oppressive nature of the world we live in. And, uh, you know, that's the world we live in. We live in a militarized world. It's, it's oppressive. It's bullying. So it's scary and it's frightening. And that's what we all experience in our own ways. So. Yeah,
4: Craig, that description you've just been, you've just given us of the way in which you were treated by people who, it seems, did not respect you for who you are, what you've done, what you've achieved, is the strongest description I've heard of bullying for people who themselves, people who are dealing with people who have mental health challenges so thank you for that now we're going to Thanks. take the break um because it's that time when i always say we have to pay the rent so we'll do that now this is dr gordon Athley, and my guest is craig lewis you're listening to family caregivers unite on voice america's health and wellness and variety channels cjmp 90.1 fm community radio and sharing the burden.ca please stay with us we're coming back
6: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. the Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel. From maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety.
2: On the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice TRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice TRN.
2: Help, You know I need someone. Help.
0: You are listening to
3: Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com Now back to Family Caregivers Unite.
4: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Craig Lewis. The topic is bullying of people living with mental health challenges. Now, Craig, let's draw on your own experience, your own experience of being bullied, and a lot of people you know are living with mental health challenges. And let's talk about bullying of people living with mental health challenges. So, first question, tough one. First question is, please tell us about the forms that bullying can take. Craig?
5: Well, I love that question. And, you know, I have a little, uh, a four-legged, uh, furry friend with a tail and 28 toes and uh, his name is Max the cat and he just came over to me and rubbed up against me when you asked me that question so it reminded me of when I adopted him two years ago he was a very scared traumatized frightened little boy and I know a little bit about his history and it, and he was really kind of roughed up by little kids he was really kind of pushed like like pulled and pushed around by little kids and I uh, probably in a household where they weren't really regulated. So my little four-legged friend here, my little four-legged furry best friend really like has lived a life of uh, really just uh, been pushed around. And when I got him, he was scared. He was scared and he was afraid and he hid under the bed and it's taken a long time for him to feel comfortable. And um, that's kind of an interesting example of, you know, how bullying That's a form that it can take, you know, you're roughed roughed up, you're pushed around, you become scared, you become frightened, you may feel, you know, in school or on the bus or on the street, uh, you know, you're not safe. You can't just go and be. And when a person feels like they cannot just go and be and be safe, that's going to have a dreadful impact on them. Uh, Max is in his, it's in our, he's in our house here. He loves, he's safe here. He's got all his things he needs. He's safe. Um, for him, I think it's a paradise, you know, for people out who are in the street and walking around with all sorts of different types of, you know, uh, you know, lacks of support, you know, financial struggles, you know, in this country, there's so much discrimination and, and just on the street, it's a, we have a police brutality issue. Uh, And and just a societal, um, I guess the word is like a distaste for people who don't, uh, you know, adhere to the status quo. So there's so many ways that a person can be pushed around. There's so many ways a person can be, um, I guess the right word might be marginalized simply for being a human being. If someone identifies there's something about them that they don't like or the other way of that you look at it is that there's a lot of people who just don't feel good about themselves. And how do you make yourself feel better? You make someone else feel bad. I'm not saying it's right. It's obviously uh, something you learn as you grow up in ways that probably you never got your needs met yourself. Probably your parents never got their needs met going back who knows how many generations. But the forms of bullying can take are so varied. and, and, And I don't know the right word here, but, there's so many ways that people can be pushed around. It's, 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 it's even as when you're waiting in line at the supermarket, somebody can just get in front of you or, or, you know, it's funny. It's funny. The forms that bullying can take And You have to ask what is bullying? What is bullying itself? It's really uh, you know, using your own, like, I think self-perceived power, which is really not power it's weakness. Not that I want to identify someone as having a weakness. We all just do the best we can, but to really kind of, I guess to uh, feel like you matter and you feel like you, you have some sort of worth, you will do things to other people to feel better about yourself. And really when a bully is bullying, when a person is bullying someone else there, it's really just a reflection of their own pain. Um, And so, yeah,
4: I'm only stopping you there because, we, as I've said before, we have a couple more questions that I want to get in. And, and as you um, know, I can go on and on and on. So no, no, you do. not at all. <laughs> it's me being a disciplinarian. Now, oh, okay. next question for you, Craig, please is please tell us about bullies and how they actually do their bullying. You've already mentioned some of these things, so please say more about that, Craig.
5: Have you uh, uh, been watching uh, any of these? Uh, uh, debates going on in the United States right now for president. I don't know if you've watched it. Well, but, uh, see, yes. All right. So I, I don't know if I've, if I've seen. I don't know the bol- the 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 nastiness and the belittling and the insulting and the devaluing of humanity of not just the people who are you know vying to be a nominee, but uh, all the people who are. In the fallout of these, uh, I don't like the word, but maniacal <laughs> megalomaniacs, you know, who think they're bigger than than God, if you will, uh, that's like the ultimate bullying. Um, they're putting down everybody. They're insulting. They're belittling. They're devaluing. They're threatening. Oh, my goodness, the threats. You know, you can look in the paper or look on a news site and see that um, what's happening right now is like, like people who are uh, immigrants or people of color and different schools, like young kids, like it's like third, fourth, fifth grade, they're going to school. And, you know, they might look different, especially in different parts of the United States or Canada, where there might be, you know, majority white people, Caucasian, whatever you want to call them. And these kids are getting, you know, taught at home. They're being, uh, you're being told things about, uh, uh, these people are being sent back to the country. They're being sent away, you know, and these kids are now going to school and they're, they're kind of, finger pointing kids in the class that are different because they look different and they're, they're terrifying them. They're scaring them. And that's a, that's a, I mean, talk about bullying from the top down. All right. There are people on TV. They're going to leave the country. They're just degrading, vilifying, creating hatred. And it's going down, trickling down to third graders who are picking on kids in their class, terrifying them. So what happened? Those kids get upset they go home. What happens when they go home? and They're upset, and then something happens. They get in a fight. The parents don't know. I mean, this is a, you know, what what can, you know. I know you have other questions about this, but it's a it's a it's a top it's a top bottom situation. It starts and it keeps going down. It just keeps on going. And uh, I think that it's something that, and I know we're going to address this later, but there's so much of this going on with people who you know should know better and right now what's happening in this country and I know in the Canada as well was happening a lot with the former prime minister people just being devalued and when you are on a platform devaluing other human beings, that trickles down and it makes society sick and uh, I think that's how people bully is that they they, they create a, a sick environment. Where people get sick and when people are in a situation like that, they get the dirty work done for them. We got Donald Trump here with his hatred and his nastiness, and I'm not going to get into politics, but he's having a major impact on the safety and security of marginalized people. And if that is not bullying, then I don't know what is. But that's very scary for me to see.
4: Right. Now, just to follow up on what you've been talking about, this is the same, same theme. Craig, please tell us why you think bullies bully. Is bully. Why did they do it?
5: Well, I think mean, it's a pretty simple answer. And because uh, you know, they're treated like, you know what, growing up. And I mean, you know, we can spend all the time in the world trying to address behavior issues with kids and adults and, you know, but where's it coming from? It's coming from the parents. It's coming from the grandparents. And uh, it's coming from society. So why do we do what we do? And I think probably it's probably fair to say, and I'm not sure that everyone's going to agree, but it's probably fair to say that every single person on the planet has at some point done something, even unintentionally without malice to kind of get something that they need um, from someone else. And, you know, it doesn't make a person a bad person. It doesn't make them, you know, malicious. It uh, doesn't make them a rude, terrible person. However, we live in a world that's somewhat cutthroat, and uh, sometimes if you are afraid of losing what you got, and you need to have what you need to have to basically get by, then you'll do what you have to do. It doesn't make someone a bad person with malice and intent to harm to kind of do what you need to do to get your needs met. We have to understand that everyone's doing the best they can, even if their behavior is not welcomed or appropriate or appreciated or, or it's kind of productive even in a, you know, the culture of, uh, you know, productivity and, and like activism and like like good, good communication and good ethics. Um, it's going to happen everywhere. And it does, it does happen everywhere. It, this kind of stuff we're talking about, bullying and manipulation, it happens in like radical, like, like enlightened communities. And we don't even realize it sometimes, but it happens. So, um, that's a pretty scary thing, and uh, I think we all just want to be happy and have our needs met. And uh, we live in a world that doesn't really uh, provide that. I mean, but if you look at you know some cultures in other countries, more indigenous cultures, they have a very different way of dealing with people who are doing things that aren't acceptable. And uh, I read one article um, in Africa where when somebody did something that wasn't acceptable, that they circled this person in a group, and they would talk about. Um, all the good things that person does, all their good qualities. And can you imagine if we embrace people who were doing things that weren't really welcome in our communities by saying, well, here's all your good, good points. We want to nurture this. We want you to feel loved and appreciated because we also don't need, we can't have you doing certain things. I mean, wow. I'd like to live live in a world where we love people more and we hurt them less. And uh, maybe just by saying that someone's going to hear that and hear that and maybe take it to their families or their schools or their, their practice. But can you imagine we live in a world where we treat people with love and instead of beating people up or beating people down with our words or with punishment or discipline because they've done something that they've learned. They either learned to do it from someone else or they were taught to do it or they did it out of desperation. But none of those things make that kid bad. And none of those things make that the bad person. They're doing the best they can. And we must understand that because that's the core of understanding why people do what they do. So, Yeah, that's my piece on that.
4: Very good. Now, um, we're going to take the break because what we want to do in the next segment is to ask you basically to say, okay, well, what do we do uh, about the forms that bullying can take, about the way bullies do their bullying, and why you think the bullies bully? So we'll take the break now, and then we'll come back with those items for discussion. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley and my guest is Craig Lewis. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's health and wellness and variety channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio and SharingTheBurden.ca Please stay with us. We'll be coming back.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN.
1: Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now.
2: Maybe there's a little more to that saying, but when you think about it, packaging is one of the most important things that can represent your business. Tune into "Ditch the Box" with host David Marinac. Each week, we'll discuss flexible packaging, marketing, sales, and how it all comes together in one container. Lower costs, increased margins. Listen to the show; it might just save you a ton. "Ditch the Box" is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific. On Voice America Variety.
6: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. you You are listening to Family Caregivers
3: Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
4: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Craig Lewis. Our topic is bullying of people with mental health challenges. Now, again, I want you to draw, Craig, on your own experience of being bullied and the experience of people you know who are living with mental health challenges. So what I want to discuss with you or you to discuss with us is resisting bullying. So my first question then is, please tell us what you think needs to be done to improve the effectiveness of prevention of bullying and of protection against it, Craig? wow what
5: do i think needs to be done i mean i think it really comes down to the reality that uh we're growing up in a violent society and there's no escaping that abuse and violence and you know militarization and fighting and is, is the, it, one of the most prevalent, dominating messages throughout the world. And in the United States, where I live, you can't, you can't you know, not turn on TV or a movie or read the paper and not be absolutely inundated with violence. And the violence comes um, along uh, coupled with the devaluation of human life. And not just the devaluation of human life, the devaluation of pretty much anything and everything you can imagine. So, what needs to be done to improve the effectiveness uh, of prevention of bullying and of protection against it? This is kind of a, a, a topic that, a question that, you know, it's the kind of question that you would have like, a, you know, parents, like a, parent teachers association get together to talk about everything but like the, the solutions and and i don't mean to say that about your question gordon i i know you write your questions in a certain way but I, i'm reading it here and i really like to be on the spot here and just be uh, uh, you know speak my mind as i go you know how often do people talk and I, it's actually great you're asking it because i'm giving this answer which is like um obviously like uh unscripted and unrehearsed and very raw and it's 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 the reality as i see it so hopefully that's helpful but what needs to happen we need to stop screwing around and talking about you know um you know effectiveness of prevention the reality is that how do you prevent something without actually nurturing uh improvements you know prevention kind of uh almost goes hand in hand with like um I don't know. I think of prevention in some ways you think of like a flu shot. But prevention also is kind of like uh, when you go to these rallies or political rallies and they they put up these uh, these barriers to keep people away. So that doesn't make anyone happy. It makes everyone angry and it doesn't really result in anyone feeling good. People feel threatened and they feel disenfranchised. So how do we what do we do? Do we continue that? Or do we have a dialogue and engage people? Because the reality is, if you connect with somebody and all you can connect on is a single point. Like, I love cats. I don't know, Gordon, do you love cats? I don't yes, know. Yes, yes. So we, lo- we love cats. So we could disagree on everything in the world. And that's fine. And that's human. But we could talk about cats to the middle of the night. And you know what that would result in? A, a, a development of a relationship that allows all other topics to be discussed in a way that's respectful and will actually create dialogue that helps people make improvements in society it's a very simple concept that we're not doing much at all of so that's my answer to that is that let's not talk about the prevention and the protection against it let's talk about actually addressing the reasons why and bring those people in and leaving them love and showing them that there's ways to be that actually will make them happy because their behavior when they bully yes. is a sign of their unhappiness and their misery and their pain.
4: Yep. Craig, let's move to the next question, which is just as difficult and challenging for you, but I know you'll respond to it in a very important way. Please tell us about the ways in which you think people who are being bullied should respond to bullies. Craig.
5: Now, earlier I was telling you, I had a, a thought that I couldn't remember. I remember it now. And, uh, you and I have a pretty good dialogue in so, uh, a good relationship, so I'm going to tell you what I think. And uh, it may not be very popular with a lot of people listening, and that's okay, because I'll tell you something. What I'm about to say, if I was taught these things, my life may have been very different. Ways in which people who are bullied should respond. Something about kids who are bullied is that they're identified as targets. They're identified as as someone who's going to be pushed around. I was that kid, okay? My parents taught me to walk away and be nice. Now, certainly being nice is good, being respectful is good. There's no need to get into it with people for no reason. I, I lived a life as a kid where I learned that you don't do certain things, you walk away. Sometimes you can't walk away anymore sometimes the way to get people to leave you alone is to actually stand up for yourself. I did not do much of that as a kid because I was taught not to, and I was never ever prepared even once in how to stand up for myself. This has really gone into my adult life and really never really learned how to take care of these things. And how I think young people that people should learn how to respond I think one of the best things that we can do, and I wish I did this, and I didn't. I never had what I needed. I think, you know, can you imagine if kids were all taught, especially kids that are pushed around, some sort of martial art or something that gives them pride? Well, it doesn't matter what their gender is or their size or their their immigrants' immigration status or LGBTQ or anything, because anyone can do it and anyone can benefit from it. Can you imagine if these kids were taught uh, and empowered in ways that, uh, make them feel good about themselves, building self-esteem, that they have value and worth, plus an ability to stand up for themselves while using some sort of martial art training that, or some sort of, I don't want to say fighting, but a way to protect themselves where they're taught, as they, you're taught in martial arts, to not do certain things just to do them. You do them to protect and to diffuse. So I wish I learned how to protect myself through all those years. I've been beaten up so many times. I've been beaten up and have my nose broken. So many times, and when someone even raises their even moves toward me in a threatening way, I get scared. I have a trauma response because of that. I learned that, and I wish I was able to as a young person to be trained and taught to protect myself in ways that will maybe would not have resulted as being an adult now with the reactions I have and then on that point, we look at all these police officers who are Shooting people and the the beatings and then the the politicians, with the racism and the, the xenophobia. That's just an adult version of that. They you know, they're man, it's manifested in authoritarian and oppressive ways because these people find themselves in positions to do that, and no one's stopping them because society has not learned how to stand up for that like for themselves, and we cower against people with power. It's the same thing that happens in in junior high. It happens in the police and everywhere else. So. It's a scary thing. I think people should be taught to defend themselves and use their brain to decide how to do that in the best way possible so they can get on with their life with the least amount of damage possible, both on other people and on themselves and their community.
4: Now, next question. Are there other ways um, that you think people who are being bullied should be helped?
5: Other ways. <coughs> Excuse me. Other ways. You know, it's a, it's I looked at these questions earlier. Um, This is a tough question. Are there ways that we can be helped? I mean, and I I just said the word "we" because I identify in this way. I mean, I mean, pretty much we all do in some way. I mean, someone who's been picked, who picks people who bully other people have been bullied themselves. I mean, that's. I think it's probably pretty common. You know. I just, you know, I have this wonderful, wonderful woman in my life, and uh, she just is talking to me about love and kindness, and she keeps saying to me. And and I admitted earlier I've had these kind of issues with my thinking and this whole withdrawal process that has kind of caused me to not think as well as I usually do. I'm I'm sure I sound pretty on point here. I pretty much I love these kind of conversations where I can be free like this. I do pretty well with it, but I think the reality is, is that, um, you know. I think we should all be a little nicer to each other, and I think we're not nice because we learn to not be nice, and uh, that's probably a very uh, simplistic answer. It's probably laughable for some people. I'm sure a lot of people will laugh at kind of a rough and tumble guy like me who's kind of found this enlightened way of living. I don't. I've, I've transcended certain ways of handling things for the most part, but I still come from the gutter, and I always, I will always identify as a a uh, marginalized person who just pulled himself up in the street. So uh, I'd like to live a life where I'm more loving. And again, I'm the, kind of speaking from first person here, even though you're asking about people who are bullied, but I want to live a life of love. And I want to, I want to understand. I want to understand why that people do what they do and that it's not personal. So I, I guess that's the answer. You know, I speak this kind of lateral language here. Um, other ways that people who are bullied can be helped. I think by, uh, understanding why they're doing what they're doing and, uh, understanding the reasons why, and maybe not condemning them for bullying. And perhaps if we had people who were mistreated by people who were doing the mistreating, I would beg to, I, would, I would, imagine that those, those people have way more in common than they have different. And, uh, we may be able to help them by helping them identify that. And I think time and again, we realize that that's the case. That's the case again and again, we're actually human beings. And, uh, that means we have way more in common the differences that we uh, use against this, each other and that we identify that are different between us. So I think that's my answer. Sorry for the long winded, you know, circular talk, but actually, I'm not sorry. That's just how I am, but there you have it.
4: <laughs> yes. Craig, to be very straight with you, there's no need, whatever, to be sorry. What you're doing is speaking from your heart and your mind in a way that other people who are in on the receiving end of bullying can say i know what craig is talking about and um, what he's speaking to me and that's the power of your voice and your understanding Now, on that point, we need to go for the break, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon-Athely, and my guest is Craig Lewis. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on Voice America's health and wellness and variety channels, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and SharingTheBurden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
6: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
1: If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or Twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN.
2: Help, you know I need someone.
3: You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite.
4: Welcome back to our listeners to Family Care Covers Unite and Craig Lewis. Our topic is bullying of people with mental health challenges. Now, I want to talk more, Craig, about ways of helping, protecting, um, caring about and for people living with mental health challenges who uh, are subject to bullying. So the first question to you then is this. What action would you like to see by the communities of people living with mental health challenges to do something along the lines that you've been talking about um, to help people um, deal with bullying when they're being bullied and also to find ways of encouraging alternatives to bullying? Long question, but I've modified a question in light of what you've been saying. Craig, what do you think?
5: All uh- right. Thank you. I like this question, and my answer is pretty straight to the point. The, the reality is is that the way we get communities of people who are uh, marginalized, you, you know, we talk a lot about people with mental health challenges. Let's face it, everyone's got a mental health challenge of some sort. We're human beings. We all struggle in some ways. But with that point made, um, communities of people who are dealing with struggles, and let's face it, there are communities of people in our society who are disproportionately suffering with certain things because of poverty and class, and 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 and, and homophobia and transphobia and, and sexism and, and, and all this stuff. Um, so we have to be mindful that these groups of people are disempowered in many ways, and they develop how they how they cope, how they manage because of how they're treated and what they know. So communities of people who have different kinds of struggles, I think would a radically awesome way to create improvement and the effectiveness of how we handle these things is to really go and empower and connect with and validate and legitimize the people in these communities who are, who are the people who are marginalized, who are mistreated and create a way, a program, a educational something, a platform, a, 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 a ongoing journey of learning where people can come together and become strong and realize their strength, and have power in in not numbers, but power and their ability to be heard. I'm able to be heard because I've been able to figure that out for myself. There's a lot of people who hear me speak and do this, and they say, I wish I could do that. Well, they can, but it takes work and effort, and just like what you're asking here, it takes work and effort, and it takes deep thought. We have to come together, and we have to get people who are not able to do this right now, not because they can't, but because all the other factors in their lives are making it that way. And with my case, I was very lucky to have some people who saw my value in my darkest moments, and they got behind me at those mo- those points, right? We very much could have been in the box right now, in the ground. So we have to find those people and help them build and grow. When we do that and nurture and facilitate, lives improve. And I guarantee that'll happen.
4: Craig, next question is, you spoke about um, being bullied when you went for – I'm going to call psychiatric care or mental health care or whatever it was.
5: I went for a a neurological referral for the issues I'm having going off of medication. Actually, not psychiatric issues, brain functioning issues as a result of medication, yeah.
4: Okay, fair enough. What would you like to see psychiatrists, neurologists, uh, the medical (laughs) profession do um, to help more, to help individuals um, deal with bullies?
5: (laughs) It would it would have been nice of them to uh, to listen to what I said, instead of just deciding that there was something wrong with me. Um, so really, I was uh, I was locked up for six days, Gordon, uh, and the only threats and violence and, and 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 harm that was done was done by uh, medical and mental health professionals. Never once was there a threat made or uh, action towards somebody or towards myself. The only violence and the only threats and the only intimidation. Were done by mental health and medical professionals. So, if that's not bullying by people who are empowered and in their role to help, I don't know what is. So, that's a very scary thing that happened to me and uh, my biggest fear in the world. So, you know, I've gone through a really hellish time the past few weeks and uh, that's why, amongst other reasons. So, we should not have a system and a community of providers who do more damage then there's you know, the antithesis of what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, I was bullied. I was mistreated. I was violated. And uh, it sickens me, and people who know about it are sickened by it. That accomplishes nothing except creates problems. But I'll tell you what else it created, Gordon. It created within me the uh, fact that I survived it, and now I can speak about it and make a change. So the very abuses that we're talking about, the bullying, I survived it. And now I get to do something about it. So that is a wonderful thing.
4: Right. Superb. Now, very last question for you because we're running out of time, but it's a very important (coughs) question. What's your message regarding bullying (coughs) for people living with mental health challenges? What is your message for them now?
5: Everyone has value. Everyone's important. Everyone deserves to be happy. Everyone deserves to be treated with respect. Everyone deserves to have their needs met. If someone's mistreating you, try to get away from them. Go surround yourself with people who care about you. We must love ourselves. We must love ourselves first and foremost. People who are hurting you, there are people who are mistreating you, and people who are bullying you are doing so because they don't love themselves. Not only do they not love themselves, they do not like themselves. If we can understand that what people are doing to hurt us is not personal, and this is the point here, it's not personal. It's a reflection of their pain, of their trauma, and their abuse. And we allow them to be without letting ourselves get impacted by it. Because when we stop responding, they go away. When they stop getting a rise out of us, they go off their radar. It's too bad. They go after someone else. But at least we can have some peace. And I know this doesn't apply across the board. And we have extreme circumstances all the time. But I do know this. When we stop responding to it and we get on with our life, I know it's tough to do. We got to have a thick skin, but they will go away. For the greater most part, they'll become disinterested because they're miserable people because things have happened to them. And so when they don't get it out of you anymore, they'll go find someone else. Too bad for them. We're sorry that people have to suffer, but each person is worthy of doing the best they can to take care of themselves. We have to love ourselves. That's what I've learned a lot about recently. (laughs) I'm in tears right now. Love ourselves. I have to love myself. And when I do that, my life gets better. And people respect me. And the people who are problematic, they go away more and more. That's all I can say about that. Love yourself, please. Love yourself.
4: And you said earlier, also at times, to stand up for themselves. That's right, too, isn't it?
5: That's right. Um, We have to prepare people and facilitate this. And nurture them in the process because if you're going to cower because you've been taught to cower, you're going to continue to get beaten up. And uh, it's going to be a lifelong thing. And uh, that doesn't bode well. We have to teach people how to stand up for themselves, but do so with intellect and um, an ability to make good decisions in moments and how they they react. Because sometimes you have to just turn around and walk away if that's the best thing. Right. And sometimes you have to stand up and say, I'm not going to tolerate this. You know, there's a whole there's a whole concept of like, you know, the big bully is going after you and you knock out the big bully and everyone else leaves you alone. I'm not saying anyone should be throwing any punches. I certainly don't want to be doing anything like that. However, okay. there is a point to be made that sometimes you have to stand up. And sometimes you stand up and people say, wait a second, that guy is actually pretty cool. Well, that yes. that young lady, she's, she's pretty cool. Maybe she, look at her, how cool she is. Maybe she's saying, so you know what? I, I screw this. I'm not taking this anymore. Like, right. I'm not going to use the language here, but yeah, you know what I mean.
4: Yeah. I think you know what I'm saying. Got only, sorry to stop you, but it's the what I call the tyranny of time. But Craig, <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank for you. all that you are doing, the way in which you're sharing your experience with us, and the way in which you're rebuilding and helping others rebuild your life, and the way in which you've understood and are able to say to people who are being bullied, people who are suffering from experience, living with mental health challenges, here's what you need to do and think about and understand. So thank you.
5: Thank now, you. Uh, Gordon, can we, give, can we give my website for people? Yes, very quickly. My, my website is www.betterdaysrecovery.com. And I hope people get in touch with me and check out my work. Thank you so much.
4: Okay. Now, talking of that, if if listeners would like to send an email to um, to Craig, use the email address docg at familycaregiversunite dot org. That's me, and I'll be pleased to pass your messages on uh, on to Craig. So. That's the end of this superb episode. And for our next episode, dear listeners, please join us. It's called A Family Experience of Being Bullied. Talk to you then.
3: Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I
2: do appreciate you being around.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com.